0: Good morning, church. I just want to clarify Members meeting, 11th. everyone's welcome. okay? So congregational meeting. Obviously, uh, as a church with a constitution, uh, members only can vote, uh, but we invite everybody to come 11:15, 11th of the 11th. Um, no, 11th of September. It's my secret weapon. Now everyone will remember 11th of September. <laughs> okay, so uh, the plan on that day will be to obviously update you on anything we can update you on because uh, leadership is 100% uh, transparent here. Does anything we need to tell you, uh, we do. And we have a pastoral recommendation to bring forward. Uh, you'll receive bio and information about that this week and four nominations for leadership which is very exciting uh most of those were kind of ready before our agm uh but we couldn't we couldn't do it because our timeline got too short so we extended it out to the 11th of september information will come via email this week so lots to be excited about <laughs> things are on the move it's uh, it's very very good today unmistakable witness 1 Peter in chapter 3 uh, turn it open if you've got access to the scriptures as we start today I'm interested to ask a question because the uh, the passage could be just kind of um, like a lot of passages in scripture uh, read even understood or Agreed with without an important question being answered. Uh, The question is not this one, but this is the kind of preemptive question Uh, Why are you even here today? Why did you come? Why do we come to church? Praise God, we come to worship, don't we? Praise God. We come to gain encouragement, we come for fellowship, we come to learn, we come because Christians do see church as important and even people who are not yet Christian but know someone who's a Christian would come to church because the recognition is it's important. We come this morning as Christians and we need to know what that actually means I think to understand our Bible passage today, I want to clarify this. Christians are disciples of Jesus Christ, which makes us, by definition, of the word disciple, the meaning is we are followers of Jesus and we are those who want to be just like Jesus in every possible way. We want the truth to make a difference in our lives. We know that's challenging, but it remains our goal. So if I kind of reverse psychology a little bit on that, do you want to be a person who follows the instructions of Jesus Christ? The answer it from the front here is yes. I wonder what the answer at the back is. <laughs> oh, it's another yes. We've got a few yeses. Any... Any addition on the two yeses I've had? <laughs> I know most of us are really committed to that very principle. And let me re- remind you of two passages that actually record the last words of Jesus and bring us to that point of agreement. Uh, here's the first one that we know as the Great Commission it's what we're a- about. It's the whole process of, uh, that drives our mission, and our core values and our vision. Because Jesus told his disciples before he left them in Matthew 28, therefore you go and make disciples of all nations, make Christians across the whole world, baptising them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. There are so many sermons in those few words. And Jesus summarizes best message of all. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. You like it? And then the very last thing that Jesus says we find in Acts 1 8, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And after this, Jesus went to be at the right hand of the Father on high. He was taken up before their very eyes. And a cloud hid him from their sight. Jesus was really clear. To be his followers, the thing that should captivate our attention and be our focus is being a witness. Telling what we know to be true to others so that they also will become a disciple for a follower of Jesus. So to today, I believe our thoughts should be around how we're going to do that <laughs> because that's massive. It's so, so incredible and good and great and awesome. Awesome. But it's also hard. The passage today is relevant. In 1 Peter 3 verses 8 to 14, Peter encourages the youngest Christians. These are the newest and youngest. And in Acts chapter 1, Jesus gave that call to his followers to be his witnesses in Judea, Samaria and the ends of the earth. And I feel like it's pretty straight direct talk. It's not confusing. It's not debilitating. And here's what I interpret. Here's a little bit of preacher's license, right? Here's what I interpret that they respond with. It may sound familiar. Isn't this good? This is good. This is good news. So let's pray that God sends someone else to go to Samaria and to Asia. It's good news. So let's pray that God sends them out. And they all stayed in Jerusalem. So in Acts 8, God allows great persecution to come on the church. And as a result, almost all of the followers of Jesus, the Christians, leave Jerusalem. they're scattered throughout the Middle East. We read in Acts 8 and verse 1, on that day a great persecution broke out against the church at Jerusalem and all except the apostles were scattered throughout Judea and Samaria. So they didn't want to leave their comfort zones. They had homes, heritage, lifestyle, family. But once things became... Just too hard to stay. So uncomfortable to the point of heavy persecution in Jerusalem, they simply packed up and left. You see, they could leave if the right motivation sent them out. You see that in the scripture? Like one of those things you could say, sad but true. They didn't want to leave. But then they had to leave and they became the scattered church and there is an absolutely good purpose in this. God uses this to his benefit. But it happens because in the first instance they didn't listen. And I actually know that we pray faithfully, so many of us in this space today pray faithfully for the persecuted church but we never want to be it. True? but we should learn from the Scripture. (laughs) If we don't want to be it, there is a response that's needed. Because right here we see the church is scattered and the gospel is then out there because it goes with the people who are actually scattered. And that brings us to Peter. And all that I've said is background for where Peter writes his letter. Peter has a ministry to the Jews who are scattered, and this first letter he writes, and as it says in 1 Peter 1.1, to God's elect, to Christians everywhere, to strangers in the world, scattered throughout eastern Turkey, it says Pontus, that's eastern Turkey, Galatia, uh, central Turkey, Cappadocia in that same area, Asia and Bithynia, which is northern Turkey. Uh, If you've seen the or heard about Troy, that's that whole area of Bithynia, Uh, Chanakli. These Christians have largely gone to modern Turkey and some to Asia. Eventually, Revelation has a message to seven churches on the eastern side of Turkey, on the western side of Turkey, I mean. And Peter's writing to these Jewish Christians who'd been scattered in the dispersion because of persecution. And he's writing them a letter to remind them that even though they've faced difficult times, they still have, what's the buzzword? Starts with H-O-P. They have hope. So even though they've been scattered, they've carried the message, Peter's wanting to uh, spin out within them this wonderful hope in Jesus Christ. Do not forget the hope that you have. And this biblical idea of hope it can be translated as confident expectation that Jesus has gone with you. We have a hope because God is shielding us by his great power. And in light of this hope, we have in the midst of trials, Peter says, it should affect how we live. We are dispersed, we are now in mostly Turkey, in Asia Minor and we should have confident expectation because Jesus has come with us by the power of the Spirit. Amen? Amen? In chapter 1 verse 22 we see we need to love one another deeply from the heart. So, when Peter's encouraging Christians who've been, uh, they've changed their lifestyle, they've changed their place of living, they've moved to a different culture, he says, Best if you love one another deeply. Isn't that beautiful? As a reminder of how it is to be Christian. And in chapter two, he says, Because we have this living hope. We need to grow spiritually In chapter 2 verse 12 Peter says how we show our faith by how we live. He says, live such good lives that people may see your good deeds and glorify God. We're called to live our lives in such a way that others are pointed to the truth of God and they cannot avoid it. They will see Christ because they live with us. And isn't all this teaching about being a witness to Christ? So far in 1 Peter, wherever we've gone and we've tried to be faithfully exegetical in how we've introduced 1 Peter. And uh, chapter 3, the beginning last week, chapter 3, we're in the meat of it now. It all points to our witness. The only way we'll be effective witnesses is by living a consistent testimony before the people who are in our life. So not kind of you know um, oh I've got a cup of coffee with someone so I need to transform get into mode go have a coffee did you hear what I said right there we don't have to change we shouldn't have to change it should be out of who we are in Christ that with confident expectation we can go and have that coffee and we can be perfectly normal because the perfectly normal is transformed You see that? What a beautiful, beautiful reality. In chapter 3, Peter reminds us that even if we live a godly life, though, there may be some challenges. Some Christians get the idea that if we just love Jesus, we'll have a good job. We'll have plenty of money. We'll have friends galore. You've heard these messages, yeah? And a family that's pretty close to perfect, you know, we'll, we'll have the Cinderella experience, the Prince Charming. But the truth is, trusting God and having hope does not guarantee earthly outcomes the way that we think we should get them. In fact, sometimes the opposite is our experience. And none of that changes the fact of our need to trust God and to be His witness. Let's see what 1 Peter 3 actually says. Follow with me if you have your scriptures open. Finally, all of you, in verse 8, be like-minded, be sympathetic, love one another, be compassionate and humble. Do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult. And on the contrary, repay evil with blessing because to this you were called so that you may inherit a blessing... For whoever would love life and see good days must keep their tongue from evil and their lips from deceitful speech. They must turn from evil and do good. They must seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are attentive to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. Who's going to harm you if you are eager to do good? But even if you should suffer for what is right, What's it say? You're blessed. So don't fear their threats. Do not be frightened. It's a passage that I feel like it needs to have our focus. It has got our focus today, but we should really know what God is wanting to say to us in this. Peter says, even if we suffer, we're blessed. And the constant truth that emulates from this place Every week, I would hope, is that we are blessed to be a blessing. Amen? We are blessed that we might bless the world in which we live. So how can it be a blessing to suffer at the hands of difficult people? Good question. And why do bad things happen to good people? Good question. Peter knows that life is not just what we face here on this earth. There will be objectors and difficulty while we're here, but we're heading to heaven. Amen? We're in a restricted form of heaven, even as we live. We're in the kingdom. We are kingdom dwellers with confident expectation. And we have a message of truth, of salvation, Who would not want to know that Jesus Christ died for sin, for all sinners, that anyone who would take their life and consecrate it to him, anyone who would say, I want Jesus and his forgiveness will be saved. Anyone who would confess in their heart, believe, and then speak it out that Jesus Christ is truly Lord, will be saved. Anyone who accepts God's gift of eternal life will be saved. Who doesn't want to know that truth? Who on earth doesn't want to know that you can live forever with peace and confident expectation? In the midst of whatever difficulties or obstructions, or a foul mouth against us, who wouldn't want to be a Christian? Think about it, right? So the simple truth is, countless millions of people who've heard that truth have said, I want Jesus. And what we hear from missionaries who... From time to time come here and get the opportunity to speak is there's so many who haven't heard that and I know (laughs) you're thinking well what's next because people haven't gone to where they are there's people in Kmart right now who don't know that truth is that true or not It's just the cold, hard truth. They know about the church, right? Media is very good at letting people know what the church is like. They just don't know about Jesus' church, do they? They know about the outward swell of the church. They just don't know the truth about kingdom dwellers. Peter knows that even when we try our best to live a godly life they're going to be those that make it difficult or cause us pain even make fun of us try to intimidate us slander us all kinds of mean insulting things we're all just doing our best to do what we believe is right and even amongst Christians right living won't always be agreeable you do your best but it's not what others think is best. And I've, uh, I've got it written in my notes to say that's called living. That's called life. Stuff happens. But what really matters is where's our focus? Where's our genuine attraction? And if it's not Jesus, then we need to do business with that and change it so that it is Jesus and I would even say our focus is not the message right and that's where we as the church get it messed up we've it's the message we've got to do the message we've got to do the message no our focus is not the message the message will flow out of our focus in Christ true it will flow out of us if we don't focus on the message we focus on the person of Jesus Our focus is on Jesus. In verse 15, Peter gives us a priority. But in your heart set apart Christ as Lord and always be prepared to be a witness. Here's my thinking. Who are you going to listen to? Those who are out to intimidate you or God himself? Remember, we're talking about being witnesses in our world, declaring who God is and living upright lives to show who we believe in. And in Matthew chapter 10 and verse 28, it says, do not be afraid of those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather be afraid of the one who can destroy both soul and body in hell. And in Isaiah chapter 8, the Lord spoke to me with his strong hand upon me, warning me not to follow the way of this people. He said, do not fear what they fear and do not dread it. But the Lord Almighty is the one you are to regard as holy. He is the one you are to fear. He is the one you are to dread. And remember from last week, this is holy fear, this is a reverence, this is an understanding of who God is, this is knowing who God is and then choosing to follow and be obedient. And if we cut to the chase, when it comes to our witness, I can speak for myself, I'm not speaking for you, when I say we fear others, I fear others. One of the big reasons that we drop off on our witness or telling others about Jesus is fear of what others are thinking. And when we consider what we're learning today, that's absolutely crazy, isn't it? That is just so silly. We're afraid of what others might say. We get afraid that they'll laugh at us, that they'll mock us, that they won't want to be our friend. But the truth is, there's a line in the sand... What do we really believe? Do we really believe that all that we talk about at church on Sunday is really true? Do we believe it? Do we really believe that those without Christ face face an eternity in separation from God? I don't want to use the word hell, but the Bible does. Remember, we've been sharing God's supernatural and awesome plan. That the Father sent the Son, the Son sent the Spirit, and the Spirit sends us. Because that is God's plan. And as the Spirit sends us, He comes with us. He goes before us, He is with us, and He's behind us, and He's all around us, and He is for us. Amen? He wants to use us to be his witnesses to others. But when we start talking about our faith, we can expect that others will have questions for us. Peter goes on to say, Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope, for the confident expectation that you have. And in line with a number of questions that I've been asking today, why do you believe the Bible to be true? Why? Why do you believe in God and heaven and hell? Why? Why not just live like everyone else and do whatever you feel like doing? Well, My answer to that is because I am privileged to know the truth. I am privileged to have the word of God, to know the word of God and to make those decisions based on the information that God's love letter gives to me. That he's communicated that Jesus Christ died for all. And so I choose to be a Christian. Peter talks about how we do it. He says, be prepared to give a reason for our hope. But he goes on to say, but do this with gentleness. Do it with gentleness. Man, we can't miss that one, yeah? And respect. Keeping a clear conscience so that those who speak maliciously against your good behaviour in Christ may be ashamed of their slander because you are a person of Jesus who has the character of Jesus, and you're gentle. Three things. Be gentle. You know our confidence can translate as being brash, even harsh or forceful, arrogant. Because we know we have the truth, sometimes we can come across as arrogant. And it's a skill to be learned to be gentle. You know, back kind of in, in my day as a younger, much younger person, um, apologetics was all over the place. Uh, as many of you will know, the whole Navigators stuff, and they, there's countless kind of material, learning material, where you've, you've got to learn these things. And even back then, which perhaps was a more fruitful season, people would learn these things, but then they'd just be biting in their communication of it. Not sure many people got transformed by that. So we need to know confidently what we believe, but share it in gentleness. Are you good with that? Be confident in gentleness. Express yourself in a gentle and very, very loving way. Because Jesus is loving, isn't he? Unapologetic about what's right and wrong, but exercising love. And the second thing is, be respectful of people. Don't put down non Christians, even in your mind, Most people who we know who aren't Christians just haven't experienced the gentleness that we just spoke of. They may have a very different expectation or an experience of Christians and it may be the so-called Christianity that keeps them out of the kingdom. Uh, The picture that the church has in our community sometimes is the very thing that causes people not to ask the questions about Jesus. And they need to intersect with Christ likeness, don't they? Agree? They need to intersect with that gentle, respectful, confident expectation that Jesus Christ is Lord. He always will be, he always was, and he will be to come. If we respect people, really respect them, treat them with gentleness and respect and care about them, It'll open the door for you to share why you believe what you do. And here's the final thing. Be alive. Live well. Live life. Really alive and know who God is. It's the hardest one. In your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Lord. That's a big statement, isn't it? I mean, it's a great statement, but my goodness, when you wake up in the morning, in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Know him, reverently fear him, (laughs) obey him, so that all the activities of your day bring glory to the master king jesus keep christ in your heart peter says keep it on all on the up keep it on the up and up don't bring down the name of god by saying you believe one thing and then you live another i want to say it's absolutely true we all sin we all have areas where we struggle But we do want to do everything we can to live well, don't we? In such a way that people will see you as you are and still declare that you live well. So that when others look at our lives, they wouldn't think twice. They wouldn't even dream of talking ill of us. Because they know no one would believe them if they talked us down. No one's going to believe them because our integrity, our care, our nurture, our strength is in Jesus and Jesus is our guard and protector. Amen. Unmistakable witness. What kind of witness are we? We want to absolutely live out our faith every day. And that's God's plan for us to be his witnesses. May God help us to be faithful this week in living faithfully for him and speaking out truthfully. We're going to sing a, a song that we just finished singing. In a moment, I'm going to invite you to stand for prayer and we're going to stay standing and we will sing a thousand hallelujahs. It's it's a bit of a favourite of Gary's. I think it's been around for a while, but I got introduced to this song at the beginning of this year uh, when I went on a QB conference and it was kind of the theme song for the QB conference. And my goodness, how powerful that the church in that context, the collected... Uh, pastoral, uh, all the pastors from the, the state who could get there were there with their spouses and singing a thousand hallelujahs to our God, to our Lord with a confident expectation that as we sing those words they don't just go into the atmosphere, do they? Let's sing the praise of God to God. Can I invite you to stand? Father, we want to acknowledge that Jesus Christ is truly Lord, that he truly died, that he walked free of the grave, resurrected to new life, that he provides forgiveness and new life to every person and for those who believe him, they are saved. We give you a thousand hallelujahs for loving us and giving us all the pieces of equipment, everything we need to love others. That we are a blessing to be a blessing. And to carry the message of hope, confident expectation to everyone in the name of Jesus Christ.